do 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 Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. This comes to us from Jordan Maywood. Next up, we have Jordan. He's going to tell a joke. We got an answer for Jordan Maywood. Yes, Wood May. Hello, this is Penn Gillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. Eh, I'll ring an endorsement, I guess. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the Liberal Cube. Why did I say it like that? I don't know. Oh god, I'm continuing to sound like a ghost for some reason. Uh, you know what it might be, and this is a little behind the scenes action as I like to throw it from time to time. I decided, for some reason, um, it just sort of worked out this way, to record two podcasts in one weekend, which I that's a first yes i've never done that before it's just uh i i I was sort of the the backlog of podcasts that i had accrued was dwindling uh because i feel like i have not been recording every week so uh there you go two in one week and plus i watched a whole bunch of movies and tvs and books and steams so we'll get into that after i say that this podcast is like a journal if you will, of the personal variety, because that is the category on iTunes that I jammed it into, of all the media I have consumed over the past while. So, if you have not consumed some of this media, you may experience spoilery type uh, things flowing from my mouth into your ears. It is possible. So, I warn of that possibility at the top of every show. The other thing I do at the top of every show, segue, is push a button that will start a series of five, of five minute timers like this. Let's get ready to review some things. Today's movie monologue sponsor is water, but like hard and cold water. Movie of the first, Iceman, or Iceman, if you prefer, but I hope you don't because I don't think that's right. From 1984, a prehistoric Neanderthal, or Neanderthal, some people say, man found frozen in the ice is revived by an Arctic exploration team who then attempt to use him for their own scientific means. I think I remember seeing this as a child because I was born in 81. I don't think I saw it in 84. Maybe I saw it a little after, but, uh, but I, I do seem to recall this movie. So, uh, I decided I want to rewatch and, uh, I'm glad I did. Sure. It's uh, it's pretty good. It's got some, some eighties vibes for sure. Uh, there is perhaps some slowness of the, uh, era of, of this time the movie's perhaps a little on the slower side maybe kind of sort of kind of sort of uh rating wise before i forget i'll throw it out i'll go like a solid 
three plus. There might be some vague nostalgia because <laughs> maybe I should say I I didn't one hundred percent come to the conclusion if I did see this or not when I was younger. Maybe I did. Uh, one thing I like of this movie, which uh, I should give an extra mark to, is uh, if if you know anything of cryogenics, the sort of famous thing, uh, the the reason why it. it kind of doesn't work that you can't freeze a human or any sort of living being for the most part uh and bring it back to life is because the blood uh, crystallizes uh so it'll form crystals uh which then i I guess when it thaws it's is it still crystallized that part i don't actually know is it still crystallized or it turns into sort of a slush so uh you got to assume if your blood is slush probably not a good thing um but what they do in this movie that i like is they explain uh, a way scientifically well, it's, it's not accurate but at, at least they make the attempt uh, why this caveman's blood didn't uh, get all slushy and crystally so uh, so I do appreciate that it was something to do with eating buttercups <laughs> so kind of kind of dumb but uh, but the fact that they even made the attempt I do appreciate so thank you iceman Okay, you know what I've just realized I've done here? Uh, this next movie, same sort of category. A movie that I'm, I am I thought I remembered seeing and liking and then watched and sort of coming to the conclusion that I'm not sure if I did. Uh, let me just tell you what it is. It's called The 13th Floor from 1999. Let's party like it is. A computer scientist running a virtual reality simulation of 1937 becomes the primary suspect when his colleague and mentor is moited. Uh, yeah, this is a weird one. Um, it's got Vincent D'Onofrio, which uh, he, he, he's an interesting, weird dude. Uh, yeah, how do I explain this? I, 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 For some reason, I thought this was like a, a horror movie. I didn't think it was like a film noir sort of detective movie, which is kind of what it is, despite the whole virtual reality side. And uh, there's that. Oh, you know what I want to get? And my audience participation that I attempt to get is usually uh, a failure, but, uh, you know, uh, it doesn't prevent me from trying. Well, the audience participation I'm hoping for here is there's a movie where someone gets into an elevator and then turns one of the buttons, like one of the, the the numbered buttons, and then pushes it, or something to that effect, and it takes them to like a secret floor. And I thought it was this movie, but uh, I can verify it's not this movie. So, a mark off for that. Yeah, I, I didn't much care for this. I, I, I go like a two and a half, if that. Nah, let's just go a solid two. Uh, it's not great. It's it's not my, it's not even necessarily the movie's fault. It's just this style of movie kind of doesn't do it for me. Uh, and and the addition of the whole virtual reality thing was felt a little tacked on. So, meh. Okay. Uh, let's move on to the best movie of this particular movie monologue, Ghost Heads from 2016. Uh, a look at the intense fandom of the media franchise Ghostbusters. Uh, so if you ever saw, was it called Trekkies? Uh, and and I, I'm sure there's a Star Wars one. It, it's about the the sort of the fanaticism of the fans, which is where the word fan comes from, uh, of a particular a particular uh, media. In this case, of course, Ghostbusters. Uh, something really cool of this. Like uh, I love Ghostbusters. I, I wouldn't. I don't know if I would call myself a ghost head necessarily. 
Um, or it probably wouldn't. But not for the reason of the movie or anything, just because I feel like I don't uh, ever geek out to the level of uh, people that would sort of do, like, dress up as a go. If I did with anything, it would be Star Trek. But uh, even then, my, my love of Star Trek... I don't know. I just don't seem to have the 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 drive to to really really sort of get into it to the degree that uh, uh, that people can. And in and I'm saying this from the point of view that I wish I could. It's just it doesn't seem to be part of my personality. I guess is how you can look at it. Anyways, um, so I'm gonna give this definite five out of five because I I love seeing people uh, who can get into things like this. Like it really warms my heart. Uh, and particularly in this movie, uh, some of the people they focus on, you can tell their love is just like pouring through the screen at you. And, uh, and, and it really feels good to see people who can care about something so much. Uh, and the, the other thing I really liked of this, uh, which I, I wasn't expecting, but uh, it was very cool, is uh, a lot, well not a lot, but a, but, but a fair chunk here and there was filmed in Ontario, which is where I am, specifically filmed at uh, Fan Expos and Toronto Comic Cons in, you guessed it, Toronto. Uh, so I recognize not only a lot of the, the scenes, but a lot of the people, because uh, I've had the uh, pleasure to meet uh, and take photos of on half a dozen now occasions uh the ontario ghostbusters uh which is uh one of the the charters of the ghost heads i suppose you could uh, classify it as uh super super nice folks uh always uh take good funny pictures uh and it was nice to actually see people who i had have met uh in this movie so a uh, kind of a cool little uh, surprise for myself there uh, the other thing i was doing is like like I, I recognize so many people in this movie uh in so many locations and actually knew that while this movie was filming i was at some of these locations so i was like looking for myself in the background maybe but uh no that didn't happen so kind of a cool little uh a little weirdness there to be uh, at least in the same building where movies being filmed, and then years later watch the movie and be like, "Hey, wait a second, I'm recognizing something." So, uh, kind of a cool little thing. Oh, wait, before I go on, uh, if I'm not gonna plug plug it now, I don't know where I am gonna plug it. Uh, you can see adventures such as the one I was just speaking of on uh, my Facebook page or uh, just Google uh, Nerd Kane Adventures. Uh, and I actually record this podcast there. Uh, basically what I do is I have a cane uh -huh, uh, that I uh, bring to these sort of conventions and uh, then I get pictures with people like, for example, the Ontario Ghostbusters. Uh, I'll hand it to uh, other cosplayers and I will also have it autographed by various nerdy celebrities. So uh, I, I do all that, and I take pictures and document the event both in picture and podcast form. So, as I say, Google Nerd Kane Adventures, and you can see what the hell I'm talking about. Today's Television Talk sponsor is Clay Davis Septic Tank Installation. Thank you for that sponsorship. 
Okay, uh, we're talking The Wire once again, season four this time. Yes, 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 the Mrs. and I chugging along through this. We're uh, three, four episodes into the final season, which is season five. Uh, and I think it's only ten episodes, uh, if I do recall. So uh, we'll be bringing that back here, no doubt. Season four, yes. Uh, how many episodes was this, actually? I think it was twelve. Thirteen. Oh, thirteen episodes. Yeah, who, who decided that? Weird. Was it just they wrote the story and then... Uh, however many it turned out to be, that's what it was. Hmm, interesting. Uh, okay, so uh, this sort of carries off from the uh, from a previous season. I got to say, season four is it the best one? It's definitely one of the best ones so far. Uh, so far, season five, I'm really digging. But uh, let's run down some of the episodes. Uh, okay, so episode one, Boys of Summer, from September 10th, 2006. Uh, so four West Baltimore boys. Okay, yeah, so uh, this season adds the addition of uh, sort of young teenage boys to one of the storylines. Uh, so we sort of check in with them from time to time, and uh, we focus a lot of the storyline on the school that they go to and sort of uh, what a school in an inner city has to do in order to keep its funding, which is sort of interesting and also makes me question how accurate that it is. Because if, if it's at all accurate, it's very, very depressing. Uh, basically, it's all about the numbers. And, and the sort of cool thing about that statement, <laughs> it's all about the numbers, is that apparently it's both true on the police force, which is something we've seen in previous seasons, but also true in the school system, meaning um, people, uh, school boards, people with the government, uh, higher-ups and whatnot, they seemingly don't care about anything except for the quote-unquote numbers, meaning uh, they want the students to be able to pass these standardized tests. Uh, if the marks are bad enough, they will lose the school's funding and the schools can even be closed down. Uh, if those students are learning those tests and those tests only and nothing else, uh, nothing that will help them in real life, uh, if literally they come to school and the minute they get there to the moment they leave, all they are learning about is how to take this test, questions on the test, test prep, uh, how does that help an individual in the real life at all? It doesn't. It, it, all it does is makes the numbers of the school go up. Uh, hopefully, I, I guess if they want to keep their funding. Uh, same with the, uh, the with the police. Um, they have to have so many arrests. Uh, they have to show uh, that drug dealers are coming off the street, even if the drug dealers are very very low level, and it doesn't matter. Uh, as soon as one's taken off the street for you know a month, a year, whatever, uh, someone else will come back in and fill their spot. Uh, they need to work on the higher-ups of these drug organizations, uh, which won't give you the immediate numbers, uh, but also that is what would stop uh, the, the, the drugs. The drugs. Uh, okay, so uh, we also have, let's see, oh yeah, a lot of government stuff in this one with the, is this the one with the new mayor, or did he win? Uh, to, 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 oh, oh yeah, so this is the other sort of uh, interesting one where, uh, and I wonder how accurate this is, or if something like this ever happened, is 
one of the gangs is killing people and no one could find the bodies. And it turns out they're putting them in like old abandoned uh, houses that apparently sort of litter Baltimore. Uh, I wonder how much of this is pulled from real life. And you know what I've heard over the, uh, over the years is that uh, I, I guess since this was made, Baltimore has sort of turned around a fair bit. And I sort of question that to... Uh, it's something I could research or, you know, just ask someone from Baltimore. What's it like? Uh, season 4 of The Wire, 5 out of 5, needless to say. Conan the Librarian. Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? Book banter. Today's book banter sponsor is The Birds and the Spiders? Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, oh shit. <laughs> I just realized I was going to go online and try to find someone saying the title of this book. Uh, because I know I'm going to screw it up. Uh, okay, so this is a book by Neil Gaiman. Um, the The title is spelt... Uh, okay... A-N-A-N-S-I, boys. So I'm going to go ahead and pronounce that Anansi boys. Uh, Anansi boys. I don't know, to be 100% Amish with you. I, I don't know how to pronounce that. And a real professional podcaster would have done what I said to myself I was going to do. But uh, as I say, I am not a professional. And I don't even have to say that because... The results of this podcast make it blatantly obvious. I uh, just... Uh, yeah, there's a little tagline here that says, God is dead, meet the kids. Which is a apt little, uh, a little encapsulation of this book. If you read uh, Neil Gaiman's uh, American Gods, uh, which I did... Oh, jeez. Years ago, anyways. Uh, and... and don't remember it too too well although there is a show now on uh, the Amazon platform that uh, I've been meaning to check out it's got the guy from uh, Deadwood who uh, who I'm a big fan of uh, so this is in that universe let's say if not it's not really a continuation of that story it just takes place in that universe where gods walk among men sort of thing uh, let me read the Goodreads to see if it helps at all. Uh, Fat Charlie Nancy's. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, the main character's name. His name is Charlie Nancy, but people call him Fat Charlie. Uh, Fat Charlie Nancy's normal life ended the moment his father dropped dead on a Florida karaoke stage. Uh, that's a nice sentence. Drop dead on a Florida karaoke stage. Uh, feels good to say. Uh, Charlie didn't know his dad was a god, and he never knew he had a brother. Now, brother Spider's on his doorstep. His brother is named Spider. Uh, about to make Fat Charlie's life more interesting and a lot more dangerous. Uh, yeah, it's got a bit of a... And I guess this is maybe not too, too surprising. In fact, I think they've worked together before. Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. If you read enough Terry Pratchett and then every once in a while I'll throw a Neil Gaiman in there, I think, I'm not crazy in saying you will see some similarities. 
Uh, and me saying that is the highest compliment I think I can give uh, an, an author. Uh, Terry Pratchett being my favorite author. Uh, Neil Gaiman, having read... I haven't read all of his books, but I feel like I should read more. Um, uh, and more often. So I, I'm sort of making a mental note to do so. On that note, speaking of notes, segue. Uh, it's easy for me to give this a 5 out of 5. Greatly enjoyed it. Uh, it's sort of a fish-out-of-water type story where this uh, normal, everyday Joe Blow uh, is living a sort of boring life. L boring to the degree where he's like an accountant. <laughs> no offense to accountants out there, but the most boring of boring jobs. I, I don't know. I, when, whenever they make fun of boring jobs, I think accountancy is, is up there. Uh, it's not something I could do. One, for the reason that I'm horrible at math, and two... You know, what the hell am I saying? I work on a computer all day, typing things in, and you know what? A lot of them are numbers, so I should not uh, I, I should not complain of the boringness of accountancy. The boringness of accountancy might be the title. The boringness of accountancy. That's a weird little phrase. Uh, yeah, so, uh, and then all of a sudden his dad dies. Uh, they were estranged. Uh, and then he sort of learns through an old lady that knew her father, that his, her father was a god. How does a god die? Spoiler, he doesn't really die. He just sort of dies. He dies for a while. <laughs> uh, at the end of the book, he's like, uh, you know what, I'm just going to be dead for, I don't know, 25 years. Need a bit of a break. Uh, then uh, the brother sort of comes along and just shakes his life to pieces, is I, I think an apt description. Uh, and then the rest of the book is trying to uh, re-get his life together, uh, become friends, uh, at least closer with his brother, and all sort of with the end goal of uh, having a life filled with happiness, which isn't that what we're all looking for in the end? Yes. Yes, it is. Today's game Gabin sponsor is the PC Master Race. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, Game Gabin, we've got a special one here, uh, something I've never done before. Uh, I'm going to talk about the Steam Summer Sale, I'll specifically run through some of the things I have purchased, uh, and we'll just sort of get uh, your impression, my impression of what some of these games are, and uh, how excited we are to play them, and then bring them back to this very podcast and talk of them. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with the Steam Summer Sale, what are you doing? It's one of the greatest natural occurrences of life. Of life. Uh, basically what it is, is, ah, double is, uh, Steam, the platform that sells video games online, will uh, every season, yeah, just about summer and winter, I say we're the bigger of the two. Uh, probably summer's the, the biggest one. Uh, they will put... Uh, the vast majority of their catalog on sale to varying degrees from, you know, 10% off to friggin' 90% off is not unusual to see games 90% off during a Steam summer sale. It's insane. Uh, basically, what you could do, and what I, for the most part, do, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of, is during these sales, buy a lot 
for a little money, rel excuse me, relatively, and then for the rest of the year, you just sort of play through those games that you bought uh, during the sale. The other thing that you do during a Steam Summer Sale actually is uh, buy games and then uh, never play them ever. <laughs> That's sort of uh, the other way to go. Okay, so uh, what did I get? Uh, uh, Conan Exiles, yeah, uh, that's that's one I, I did play a little bit, so uh, you know what, I don't, won't talk about it here, uh, because uh, I'll save that for next episode, I think. Uh, all the uh, Jack Box Party Packs were on sale, so I bought all four of them, I think for like $30, which uh, I think they were like 60% off or so. Pretty incredible. Uh, th those are interesting because they're games within games. Uh, they're sort of party games. Um, so you kind of need people over in order to play them, I guess is how you could look at it. Uh, Phoning Home. Yeah, that one looked interesting. Kind of looked like a cross between E.T. and Wally, -E, maybe with a little uh, rust built in, which is sort of a strange uh, combination. I uh, got The Long Dark, which is one I had heard of a little while. Uh, heard of for a while. A uh, bunch of these ones. Deponia, Edna and Harvey... Uh, Chaos on Deponia. Yeah, uh, all these Deponia and Night of the Rabbit. Uh, so, so, so those ones there all came in a bundle, which is uh, another sort of cool thing that I don't know if it happens outside of Steam sales. I'm kind of curious where they'll put uh, a bunch of games into one bundle where uh, not only will you get the discounts that you would if you bought them together, but then you'll get an additional discount on top of that. So sometimes uh, one of them I bought, uh, I think it was 30 20 20 or 30 dollars and it was a bundle of uh i think like 15 games or something like that so uh, i don't i don't know if all of them are going to be winners like i wouldn't buy a bundle of all games that i'd never heard of or would never play but a lot of them are ones i had heard of and sort of looked interesting so uh the 111th soul yeah see some of these i don't know what they are um, mutant muds deluxe breach and clear trained fever <laughs> Hard West, uh, Reaching Clear, Deadline Rebirth, Zeo Drifter, that one I think I've heard of, Magnetic, colon, Cage Closed, <laughs> what the fuck is that, uh, here's one just called Valley, oh, that's nice, uh, Pathologic Classic HD, Crush Your Enemies, Hard Reset Redux. I think I've heard of Hard Reset. Some of these, like, just the titles doesn't give it. I, I need to, like, look at the Steam pages uh, in order to know what they actually are. Uh, Diluvian. Transport Fever. Oh, I got Train Fever and Transport Fever? Oh, interesting. Redeemer. Oh, dot, dot, dot. Sir! The Insult Simulator. And also... Oh, dot, dot, dot. Sir, the Hollywood Roast. Zombie Desperation. And many more. So, look forward to those in the future. Today's Internet Intercourse sponsor is Rather a double movie monologue. Yes, as I mentioned at the top of the show, watched a bunch of movies, so that's why I'm doing two, count them, well, no need to count them, I'm telling you, two 
podcasts in one weekend. Unheard of. Uh, okay, first movie. The first movie, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of, it was on YouTube. And I don't know if it was a made-for-TV movie more, kind of, sort of, I suppose. Uh, Stephen Fry, colon, The Secret Life of the Manic Depressive. Yes, uh, if you listened to last episode, I also had a Stephen Fry thing. I basically went down a Stephen Fry um, YouTube rabbit hole a little bit on purpose. Uh, the reason I did that is because my in-laws recently went to uh, Niagara-on-the-Lake and saw Stephen Fry uh, do his one-man show, Mythos, which uh, is something I looked into and uh, thought about getting tickets. Uh, I, I was hoping that maybe he would come to Toronto or somewhere closer. Or my, my main sort of hope is that someday, somehow, this gets released somewhere where I can watch it from the comfort of my home. Uh, so if that ever happens, you know, someone let me know. Uh, so in lieu of not being able to do that right away, I sort of watched a bunch of his shit online, including this. Uh, I didn't know, actually, he was a manic depressive, I don't think. Uh, like, I've read a bunch of his books, but a lot of it was in his earlier life. I think it might have been... Uh, about times pre uh, him having this sort of episode, I guess you would call it. Uh, I suffer from depression as well. Um, uh, I have a relative who is or was diagnosed with manic depressive. I won't say here just in case they don't want me to. Uh, so it, it's something that definitely runs in my family. Uh, so it was interesting to see someone who I uh, very much look up to sort of uh, have an in-depth look at it. And uh, if you either have this or depression in general, it'll be of interest to you if you don't uh, it would probably be be a good idea for you to watch something like this just to get a little bit more insight into what sort of happens to people like this uh so so that you're never a person that says uh just cheer up <laughs> you fucking people who say that jesus christ uh okay next is inheritance oh yeah <laughs> this is dumb uh I, yeah, okay, well, I'll, I'll admit it. I'm man enough to admit how dumb I am sometimes. I kept hearing about uh, this real scary movie on a lot of podcasts, and the missus loves scary movies. Uh, the scary movie in question that I keep hearing about that's supposed to be, like, one of the scariest things that's come out since uh, The Exorcist, which I actually don't think is scary. Uh, it's a movie called Heredity. Hereditary. Yeah, so it's supposed to be just, just hor horrifying. Horrifying. Uh, so I, I decided, you know what, I'm, uh, I'm going to get that, and then uh, maybe the missus and I will watch it uh, during the day, <laughs> because, uh, you know, scary movies are scary. Uh, somehow, someway, in my brain, the movie Hereditary got turned a little bit into the movie Inheritance, uh, which is a different title, and a different movie, and... Not a very good movie. Oh, shit. Uh, the Stephen Fry one uh, will go like a four or five out of five. Inheritance, on the other hand, will go like a 2.5 out of five. Yeah, it wasn't very good. Uh, and I don't know if I'm taking marks off at all for the fact that uh, <laughs> I meant to get Hereditary and instead got Inheritance. You can see there's there's some of the same letters in it. Oh, God. Uh, okay, so moving on to Mayhem. Oh, yeah, this one was good. Uh, a virus spreads through an office complex, causing white-collar workers to act out their worst impulses. Uh, starring Stephen uh, Yoon, uh, who you may recognize from uh, uh, Walking Dead. You know, that guy. And uh, Samara Weaving, who I don't think I've ever seen in anything before, but she was really, really good as well. 
Uh, good movie in general. Uh, just just rating wise, right off the top, uh, I'll go a solid four. Got a bit, kind of sort of kind of sort of a zombie feel. To, excuse me, excuse me, to it. Uh, more of a rage uh, zombie than a Walking Dead zombie. <laughs> uh, yeah, c- comedic, definitely very much. Uh, very very bloody. Uh, dark comedy, maybe a little bit, and action-y fight scenes on top of it. Uh, shit really goes from bad to worse when this uh, virus causes people just to, uh, as they explained in the movie, basically lose all their inhibitions, lets the id run wild, uh, and I recommend it very much so if you like that sort of thing. Uh, last but not least, uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short colon an evening you will forget for the rest of your life uh one thing i uh, realized of this uh and you know what i'm not even gonna say anything about this movie because as you heard we're out of time all i want to say is steve martin short steve martin short folks it's nice to be nice to the nice This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. Buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper